You're listening to Real Estate with Kevin Turner on News Talk 4BC. Saturday morning, it is 18 past 8. I hope you're having a wonderful morning getting out. The weather is absolutely sensational. A great day to get out and do a bit of exercise, uh, maybe visit the kids, do whatever you like, but uh, have a good weekend. We're talking real estate. You know, I mentioned at the opening of the show, one in 10 properties in Melbourne CBD are now standing vacant. Brisbane saw an increase in asking rents, but overall nationally, returns are down for houses and units. Uh, also, another report that figures are indicating many people are using uh, coronavirus as a catalyst for a longer-term lifestyle change in their moving to the region. So what does all that mean for the capitals? Uh, what does it mean for our property market in Brisbane and broader into Queensland? Louis Christopher from SQM Research has been putting all this together and joins me. Good morning, Louis. Thanks again for your time. Good morning there, Kevin. Louis, as well as talking about your report on these issues, I want to talk to you about stamp duty in New South Wales. So we'll come to that in a moment on, and also how it works and what, if any, you think might be the ramifications in Queensland. But firstly, let's deal with your report. One in 10 properties in Melbourne CBD now standing vacant. That's pretty shocking, Louis. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a huge number. Uh, prior to coronavirus, the rental vacancy rate in, in the Melbourne CBD uh, was about 4%, which was running at sort of more longer-term normal trend. Uh, and then coronavirus hit. And as we've discussed uh, with your listeners in the past, what has fundamentally happened in Australia is that there's been many, many people leaving the inner-city suburban areas, including the CBD, and been moving out towards outer suburban rings and into regional Australia. And the CBDs, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, even Adelaide, have had huge falls in rents, uh, big rises in in vacancy rates as we've been reported. Mm. And, yeah, it's been a a particularly bad time if if you've been a property owner in one of these type of uh, properties. I'm just wondering, too, and I touched on this in the opening of the show, Louis, uh, just thinking a little further ahead, uh, we've got a situation where first-home buyers are always looking to enter the market, and we'll talk about New South Wales stamp duty in a moment, but thinking about Brisbane for a moment, if we see an increase in the number of vacancies in Brisbane, uh, stock levels are, are going to accelerate, of course. Um, it becomes very affordable for first-home buyers to be looking at units. Do you think that might happen? That instead of renting, that they're, they're more likely to look at an inner-city apartment? They may. Uh, mm. Very very good point, Kim, because we've seen also a corresponding fall in CBD unit prices. Yeah. Yeah. So in Sydney, the, the fall from peak to trough, and it's still falling as we speak, is about 11%. Uh, Brisbane, I believe the number is now down by about 8% uh, in terms of a CBD unit uh, asking price, fallen by about 8%. Uh, so, yes, and with the cuts in interest rates, first-home buyers may well be uh, appealed by the more affordable real estate that's now on offer in the city. Mm. Uh, and, of course, the question is, will this trend go on forever? And I don't think it will, Kevin. I think we're, we're going to see a reversal, uh, a part reversal at least, where uh, once coronavirus is truly behind us, uh, there will be people moving back into the inner city locations, taking advantage of the falls in rents and the falls in prices uh, and, and, and taking advantage of the low interest rates. Uh, so it, it may well be a good time to, to at least look in yep. the market, but everyone's got to be careful about uh, catching a falling knife, that's for sure. 
Yeah, well, I, I guess if you're buying for the long term, um, you know, it, it's, it's not a matter of uh, it, uh, timing the market. It's a time in the market, isn't it? I mean, how, how long are you going to hold that? Uh, I, I guess for young people, buying an inner-city apartment, that's a, that's a really big step because, you know, buying off the plan can be difficult. Uh, you're going to see an immediate almost drop in value. Uh, but will you want to live there long term? I guess there's some pretty important questions, Louis. They are, Kevin. Absolutely right. Uh, generally speaking, as we're aware, that when you're in, you say, your 20s and your 30s, before you're starting out a family, uh, many people decide they wish to buy, say, a one-bedroom unit or a two-bedroom unit just to get on the property ladder, and that often is in the city areas. But when you get to a point in life where you, you want to actually raise a family, um, that type of living becomes a little bit inconvenient. You're yes. looking for, for a larger property and more land. Um, so it really just does depend where, where you are in life. But potentially for first-home buyers, uh, there could be some bargains to be had in the inner city areas right now. I would just caution those buyers to get a proper valuation done. Uh, be careful that they're not paying over the odds right now. Uh, because, see, you know, I take your point that property is there for the long term, but you don't want to start off with a situation no. where you buy property and then you're immediately down, say, 10, 15, 20%. Yeah, well, that, that could be the nest egg, couldn't it? Hey, Louis, who'd have thought that Darwin, Darwin of all places, were the only capital city to record rental increases in both houses and units? What, what an amazing market. Oh, yes. It's, uh, for an analyst, it's, <laughs> I know. You know, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head Yeah, here. it'd be a nightmare for <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the, the background behind this uh, for your listeners is that the Darwin economy has been suffering over the last two and a half years. There's been rises unemployment. Uh, it's as a result of the fact that some key projects uh, on the on the oil and gas side were completed back in 2018, and that meant a whole bunch of job losses. Yep. Uh, and the economy hasn't really recovered well since then. Um, and going into coronavirus, the economy was still weak. However, what we think has happened here is that the Northern Territory was one of the first uh, territories, and, you know, and we can consider all the states as well, to open up to the rest of Australia. That happened basically in June. And we think what's been happening is uh, quite a few people from Victoria, New South Wales, maybe South Australia, mm. Mm. have been moving up north oh. to get away from all the restrictions. All this, right. is what we, this is what we're hearing on the ground. Okay. Uh, and they've been taking advantage of the affordable property and, and other incentives that the Northern Territory government's been offering for people to come to Northern Territory. Uh, and as a result, yeah, we, we've seen plummeting rental vacancy rates, rises in rents. Uh, now we're starting to see rises in asking prices as well. Yeah. So the market's really turning on a dime up there. Now, I don't know how long it's going to go for, and as mentioned, the, the economy there is still weak. Uh, but this will all help, of course. Yeah, uh, of course. It, it, so uh, the state government maybe will be able to respond with an improved budget and, and, and uh, spend more on infrastructure up there just to try and get the economy going. Mate, a couple of minutes to go, but I do want to talk about the elephant in the room, New South Wales government's announcement of their change to stamp duty. Uh, a huge relief, but I'm, I'm just curious about how this is going to work. Um, you can either, as I understand it, you can take the choice between paying normal stamp duty or you can defer it um, and pay it off over the period of time that you own that property. Is that correct? That is correct. Mm. So uh, buyers of property in New South Wales uh, now have two options. And and while it's still 
are being it's proposed legislation hasn't passed yeah, that's right. yet. Yeah. It's most likely will pass. And the key thing that the government did state this week was that it will be made retrospective to the announcement. So buyers today who are looking to buy a property in New South Wales uh, will effectively be given the option. Uh, so okay. they can they can buy with confidence today, not be not be concerned. Okay, hypothetical question. Now I buy a property today. I elect to pay that stamp duty off over a period of time. My situation changes in twelve months' time. Do I then have to pay all of that, or, do, or does that follow uh, on with the property? Now, uh, very good question. If you decide to opt in for the land tax option to, to effectively yep. pay your stamp duty, pay over it off. Yeah. Right, uh, you can't go back. That's it. Right, you, you can't reverse your decision once you've actually stated. However, the other way around applies effectively. So if you if you opted to pay the stamp duty up front, but then you want to change your mind, I think that's actually okay. Um, so uh, yeah, very interesting. And and what what's also very interesting is the rates which yeah. have now been announced. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah, which. Um, you know, when I look at it for an owner-occupier, they look pretty good. Yeah. So, so every so just to be aware, everyone now nowadays, on average, if you buy a property on standard, you're going to pay about four percent on the purchase price. So, mm. if you, you buy a million-dollar property in Sydney, which is certainly not unheard of, uh, that's forty thousand dollars. Now, for an owner-occupier, that the, the potential new rate here is just zero point. Three of a percent on unimproved land value, not the purchase price. Oh, okay, right. Unimproved land value plus five hundred dollars. Yeah. So the way I've worked this out is that the the break even uh, point in terms of time, I I think that would equate to something along the lines of about twenty five years. So I think for an owner occupier. It would make a lot of sense to actually uh, avoid paying the stamp duty yeah, and go on defer. the uh, on a, go mm. and, and defer. Yeah, but what if I decide to do that and then it becomes an investment property? Ah, good question. <laughs> so they've got a different rate for investment residential property. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, so that's um, it's yeah. not too bad. Like so, uh, in this instance, if you turn your property into an investment property, you will then start to pay one percent. Oh, okay. of the unimproved land value plus oh, $1,500 a year. 1500 okay. Yeah. Now, as you might well be aware, a lot of investment properties are units yeah. where the unimproved land value is pretty minuscule. Mm. Uh, so uh, I think, uh, once again, in that situation, it's, it's likely you're still going to be better off deferring as opposed to paying the, the stamp duty up front. Now, now, where this does go backwards, I think, for some investors, is those who decide to actually buy commercial property mm. because the rate there is much higher. Uh, it is going to be 2.6% of unimproved land value. Keeping in mind, Stanley running roughly at about 4%. Mm-hmm. So I suspect when it comes to commercial property, you may well fall behind pretty quickly yeah. on, the, on the land tax. Right. Going to be interesting to see, uh, and I'll follow up on this during the week too, to see if there's going to be any movement in Queensland, whether you know that's on the agenda. I get the feeling it's not, uh, but who knows? I guess we'll just have to watch as this unfolds. You, you know, Louis, there is an easy solution to all of this. They could just dump it all together. Dump it all together? What do you mean by that? Dump stamp duty. Oh, dump stamp duty altogether. <laughs> just well, just forget it. 
Our state government's got to have some revenue, though, Kevin, <laughs> no. to pay for the roads and that's the hospitals. Why it'll, that's why it'll very, never happen. Very hard to do that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And l- let's keep trimming around the edges. Hey, Louis, we're not going to solve it this morning, but thanks for your time, mate. Nice to be with you. Louis Christopher from SQM Research. Look at that time. It is bang on 8.30. Going to update you on a story we had last week, uh, which was uh, where General MacArthur's team hunkered down in Ascot in a garage and they actually broke a code. But I'll give you an update on that in just a moment. Um, Just after 8.30. More news coming your way at 9 o'clock.